from Impact Fashion. It's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzquist, and on today's show, I go solo to discuss my newest design, the pleat dress. I do a deep dive on my design process and how I build out my own wardrobe, how COVID has affected New York City's fabric vendors, and why I'm going on tour. Hello, lovelies. So on these solo episodes, which I always do around new style releases, I like to talk about the design, talk about the process of the design, talk about why I thought it deserves to exist, basically. And the reason why I do that, first of all, is because I think it's fun. The other reason is because I think that one of the ways, Impact Fashion is unique in a lot of ways, um, but I think one of the main ways in which it is different and the way that I approach getting dressed differently um, from a lot of other brands is that I don't produce collections. So what you'll see typically from, I, I mean, I don't know any other designer who works the way that I do. So what designers of all types, whether that's a modest designer or a mainstream designer, what they will do is they will create a collection and depending on the size of the company, that collection could be anywhere from like 25 to 150 pieces, depending on the size of the company that we're talking about. They then show that collection to buyers. They will, who will then place their orders and it will be in retail anywhere from six months to a year and a half later. And then they will release all of those pieces either all at once or in sort of what's what's become actually very typical in the modest world is to do it in drops of like, let's say three to five pieces, but then to do those drops all within like a three week period. So the idea is that you're getting all of your new stuff all out at once in the modest world is usually centered around Jewish holidays. So that's why you'll see you're seeing a lot of big fall drops now at the end of August as we're approaching Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, that high holiday season. And then you'll see it again, depending on when Pesach falls out, you'll see it, you know, February, March time. Um, and there's a lot of good reasons to do that. Um, but it's not how I work uh, because I think that Part of the way that we can do ourselves better, that we can do better for ourselves, I should say, is by thinking differently about our clothes. I think that this this concept of releasing these large collections and then doing that, you know, in the modest world, it's twice a year. In the mainstream, um, you know, fashion world, there are some companies that produce up to 10 collections a year. It gets, which, which if you think about it is like, almost one a month, you know, one, once every six weeks, they're releasing huge collections. And that really feeds into a disposable mentality with our clothes and with, in my opinion, the way that we feel about those clothes and the way that we feel in those clothes. And if, if the point is to just accumulate more things, then yeah, like there are lots of easy ways that you can do that. But I like to think a little bit more critically about what it is that I am putting in my closet. That's just how I shop personally. I don't do like I don't specifically buy new things before holidays. I don't specifically buy new things around any 
particular event, unless it's like uh, like a close family wedding or something like that, then like, yeah, I would buy um, probably, you know, something new for any of the events surrounding something like that. Um, but I don't, the way that I like to think about my closet is, do I have something for this type of I use event lightly here. By event, I don't mean party, but let's say scenario. If I am with my family on a Shabbos afternoon, what am I wearing? Do I have, let's say for that scenario, I want to have three, four options. Do If I am going to a wedding, what am I wearing? Do I have two, three options for that? If I am meeting my friends for lunch, not that I ever have time to do that, but let's say theoretically I'm doing that, then what am I wearing? And do I have, you know, for me, I have like one to two options for that because that's not where my life is at. But if I was someone who was meeting my friends for brunch all the time, then I would have five or six options for that, maybe even a couple more. For me, I want to always make sure that I have five or six great work outfits because that's where I spend most of my day. And that's how I like to think about my wardrobe. And I think that by thinking about by, by starting wardrobe first, as opposed to thinking it's August, I have to buy something, then I think that you end up with better results. I think that you end up with better clothes in your closet. And I also think that that allows you to have less. And I know that you're probably thinking at this point, Rifki, why in the world would you want people to have less clothes? And that's because I think that we should have less clothes, but better clothes. I think that if we think my husband has this thing with me and my shoes I don't know how to buy shoes um my feet are weird um they have gotten even weirder postpartum it is very 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 difficult for me to find shoes um and for the most part I buy shoes from like DSW and they don't last very long and they're not very good and they end up with holes on the bottom and literally every single time that I end up with an uncomfortable pair of shoes or something that is you know that has a hole on the bottom or that we're you know we're somewhere and my feet hurt he's always like why are you in bad shoes? Just buy a good pair of shoes and then you would just be fine. And like, he'll even say, he's like, I think I bought my everyday shoes that he's wearing to work every day two years ago, but they're a good pair of shoes and they last and they do what he needs them to do and they're reliable and they get the job done. And I still have a mental block around shoes, but I know how to do that with clothes. And I think that when we think about clothes in that way, then it becomes easier to get something that fits us really well, to get something that's a really high quality fabric, to get something that has a really unique design because we're actually getting wear out of it. So I think about clothes in a little bit of a different way than a lot of other collections. And that's why I like to do these solo episodes. Uh, and today we're going to be discussing my newest design, which is the pleat dress. And I wanted to talk about the three different starting points that I will have for a design so there's like remember those choose your own adventure books you can choose your own adventure starting with one of these three points um so sometimes i will start with what i think of as a vibe or a scenario which is i need a piece where i can go from work to being on mom duty to still being comfortable enough to like not need to rip it off afterwards what's that piece being and that's how you get something like the fifth day dress. Um, I could I could start with I need a wedding outfit that is super comfortable and that I can drive a long way in without worrying about what it's going to look like on the other end. And that's how you get something like the little ruffle dress or the ready topper. 
those are those are vibes. Those are scenarios. Sometimes I'll start there. And usually I'll start with what am I missing in my closet? Or, you know, I won't even specifically think what am I missing in my own closet? I'll just notice the same frustrations that I'm coming up on again and again and again. Like I mentioned, Shabbos afternoon outfits. Those are always really tricky for me because it's Shabbos. You want to be nice. Um, but I'm with my family, which is messy. So it needs to be practical. I also just want to be comfortable because it's not like I'm going anywhere in tents. We're, you know, hanging out at my parents, my in-laws, other family we have in the neighborhood around us. So that's how the shift flutter dress came to be. It was, I need something that fits that Shabbos afternoon hole. Uh, the drawstring dress also fits into that, that, you know, that category. And it's funny, if I look back and I think about my own closet and, and the frustrations that I was having, I can kind of carbon date I can carbon date my closet frustration based on the pieces that I've released in the collection at certain times. So sometimes when I'm starting a design, I'll start with a vibe. Other times when I'm starting with design, I will start with a fabric. This is the rarest thing to happen. But usually I this the only way that this happens is if I find a fabric, I love it. And I think I need to figure out how to use this. I need to figure out how to get this into the collection somehow. Uh, the, the, the best example of that is actually the mod dress, which is you know, this great 60s mod dress made out of a tweed fabric with all of these fringing details. I saw that fabric like a year, I think, before I made that dress. And the first time I saw it, it was way too close to the end of the winter season. I couldn't use it. I had to, you know, put it away, but I had it on a board and I was like, we are going to use this fabric. And then it's about formulating what is the best thing for this fabric to be when it grows up. And with the mod dress, it was using the thicker warp threads and the weft threads to make this really beautiful fringe and to add in the collar and everything and like just dial into that like amazing preppy just everything that that fabric wanted to be when it grew up so fabric can be a starting point usually for me it's not I know that a lot of designers will usually start with fabric personally I am much more in this third carry category which is with construction details because my background is in pattern making and because in a lot of ways I think of myself as somewhat more like yes I'm a clothing designer but I'm also engineering the garment because I'm always thinking about fit first and foremost and how a piece stands almost like how the scaffolding of it is usually I'll start with a construction detail usually there'll be something that I want to play around with in a pattern and then and then I will go and find a fabric that is appropriate for that whatever it is that I want this pattern this specific thing to do so sometimes I'll start with a construction detail and that can be that can play out in a lot of different ways sometimes it'll be oh I wonder what would happen if I took my basic flared skirt and I added even more flair, but did it in a way where it was kind of hidden through the seam. And that's how you get a shape like the sculpt dress. Or I wonder what would happen if I take my sleeve and I give it just a little bit of volume, but not something overwhelming, you know, not something that is just like not, not something that's poofy, but something that still floats. And that, that's how you get the flutter sleeve, things like that. And oftentimes, as I'm working on designs, because designs are not just one detail, there are many details that come together, I'll find little details that can then be pulled out and used in different ways. So if, if you've been around for a little bit, you'll remember the blossom dress, which I've actually been thinking of bringing back and I totally showed it was a great piece. Um, but the blossom dress had this like cross pleat design in the front with this puffed sleeve. And that puffed sleeve is the same sleeve as what is on the slip dress, which is still part of the collection. It was a great piece. And both of those pieces needed a little bit of, mm, 
kind of happening on top. And so it became that it, it became this this kind of puffed sleeve. But I already kind of had it in the collection. I don't I don't remember which one of those I made first, but whichever one it was, I was like, oh, that other sleeve could work. And then, you know, went with that. And what actually happened with the pleat dress was almost exactly the same process. But it starts with the wrap dress. And that's because when I was working on the wrap dress, now the wrap dress really started from a construction detail. It started from a construction problem um, because we're seeing a lot of wrap dresses. I love a good wrap dress. And like I remember growing up, we all used to just wear wrap dresses with shells because wrap dresses generally have uh, low Vs. And uh, recently we've been seeing a, a bunch more wrap dresses they're coming back we're seeing wrap tops you know like we're seeing all of that um two varying levels of coverage in that v personally most of them are things that i would not be comfortable wearing and so i was thinking i wonder if we could get a wrap vibe in a dress without a shell that still worked you know that still that still happened and that's how um and that's how and, and like that was the starting point that was the problem that needed to be solved can we create a not wrap wrap dress with coverage. Um, and I was able to do it. And after I finished the body of that dress, because that was the real, like, uh, that was the Sudoku to solve. You know, that was the real thing to figure out. It needed a sleeve. And the sleeve, I just felt like the sleeve needed to be, mm, like I just, I, I was original. the original plan was to just put a straight, regular, you know, no frills, nothing sleeve on it. And the more that I looked at the, structure of this wrap dress the more that I thought this sleeve just needs a little something and one of the details that had gotten added to the wrap dress as I was working on it were these pleats right by the tie so the wrap dress works in a flap uh, there's basically a closed front and then a flap that comes over it and that flap ties at the waist and creates the illusion of a wrap and in the in that flap I added some pleats which gives it this beautiful sculpting effect which you can see particularly in the navy taffeta version and it is so stunning it's like just a really really gorgeous dress and so beautiful on and the once I'm I was like this sleeve needs something there needs to be there just there just needs to be something more there and I had this little pleating detail and I thought oh what if I added a little pleat in the sleeve what if we put just like a little box pleat um, and a box pleat is when the two folds of a pleat face each other as opposed to knife pleats where they all face the same direction it's like what if we put just a little box pleat in the sleeve head which is like at the very top of the sleeve if you think of if you're wearing a t-shirt where the seam would be across your shoulder the sleeve head is the part that goes into like into the sleeve at that point into the armhole at that point and I put that little box pleat in and I muslined it up and it was really cute and it was perfect for the wrap dress it was that little extra cohesive kind of detail to pull it all together it made the sleeve make sense with everything else in the dress and also, the second that I made this sleeve, I was like, oh, this sleeve is really cute. I should use it again. This is a great sleeve. It's a great detail. This is something that should be used again. So that's how we get to the pleat dress. Because I started with this sleeve that was a really like a very simple straight sleeve, just with this little extra mm, right there at the top with this little box pleat. And I knew that I wanted to bring the pleating details into other places on the dress. That's just part of, you know, good design and making things cohesive. And I knew that, you know, there would be pleats 
And I knew that I wanted it to be a little bit of a looser shape. I'll be honest, I find myself now gravitating towards looser styles. And I think that that's partly a, uh, like a, a side effect of the fact that most of the time when I'm dressed now, especially if it's like a typical Shabbos, a typical Yontif, you know, those, those holiday times, um, those are also family times. And my, like I said, my family times, they're a little bit messy now. There's a little bit of running around, let's say, happening. Um, and I find that, you know, in previously where if I was going to shul, if I was going to be in synagogue, then like I would be in a dress and a very fitted piece. And that was always what I felt best in. Yes, I still have those pieces in my closet. And yes, I still wear them. But for like a week to week kind of basis, it just didn't really work with my life anymore. So I found myself gravitating a little bit more towards looser pieces now. But I knew that for a style like this, I was not going to make a pleated tent like that was not happening. But and I also wanted something that just felt put together. Because at the same time, when I even though, you know, I'm gravitating towards looser things, I still want to be feeling like myself, like that version of myself that would wear the very fitted dress and the heels all day. Yes, there was a time in my life when I did that. And we are very far away from it now. But the that that, that kind of idea, I wanted to see if I could bring that idea of something that was structured and put together into a looser kind of garment. And that's where this drop waist came in. I've actually had a lot of requests recently I'm actually not sure if it's from a bunch of different people or from one very insistent person both are equally possible and like my memory is just slipping me now either way I still take it you know I, I still give it the credence that it deserves a very long time ago I think it might have even been the second collection that I ever designed there was a dress that eventually became known as the Katrina dress which was this drop waist dress with a full circle skirt might have been a three-quarter circle skirt, actually, but it was this amazing style um, with, uh, with a knot belt that I designed. It was just a really good style. Um, and I had been getting a couple of requests recently, people being like, oh, I, like, remember that dress? You should bring it back. And I might. I'm not sure. I have, like, I have, I have thoughts about bringing back old designs in general. Um I don't want to do too many of them. There's, you know, they exist in a special place. And I kind of like the idea of the people who had them from the early days, kind of just having them from the early days and having them live in that space, but never say never. And either way, just because that like those requests just kept coming in around the time when I was thinking about, you know, how am I going to use the sleeve again? I was like, oh, what if we played around with that drop waist? And then what if when we dropped that waist, we did a pleated skirt? But because I have emotional scars from uniform pleated skirts, it's got to be something that feels really high end, like that feels really just like put together and like just I was about to say straight, but that's not the right word. Something that just feels cohesive and high end and like Ralph Lauren pleated, not like uniform score pleated, you know, like that kind of thing. I think I just said skirt instead of skirt. So there you go. That's where my brain's at right now. But either way, the, the that kind of thing was was what I wanted to be playing into. And 
I started experimenting with this drop waist. I knew that if I was going to do a drop waist, the, the dress that was originally being talked about, that Katrina dress, is very fitted through the waist. I knew that I wanted to do something fitted-ish, but not so fitted. And then as I was playing around with the levels of fitted, I was like, maybe there should be some options here. The way that you create options there is with a belt. And I thought to myself, the only way I'm doing a belt here is if it perfectly matches the fabric, which means that it's a custom piece, which means that I have to find a belt guy, which I did eventually do. We'll get there. But that was something that I was thinking about as well. But it needed to work both with and without. And that's how we got to the pleat dress, which is a round neck dress that has this gorgeous pleating detail in the sleeve. It's a shift-ish kind of shape. I would say that it's sort of, a, it's a looser shape through the body of the dress, but it's not a swing dress by any means. It doesn't have any, like it, it, it has that, it doesn't, it's not a swing dress. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not so fitted through the waist. And then it has a drop waist and, um, and like a drop waist seam. And the skirt is a box pleated skirt. Now the fabric for this was all really difficult to find for two reasons. I had a very specific idea in mind. I knew that I wanted it to be something that was a little bit thicker. I wanted something that was a little bit more structured. And I knew that I wanted it to be something that was special, was that had a oomph to it, had an oomph to it, had a texture, had a pattern, had depth to it in some way. But I didn't want it to be a typical brocade dressy fabric that you would only wear to a wedding. So I had to find this very specific, like dressed down type of brocade. And I used to have so many vendors that I could go to for exactly that kind of thing. And the truth is that unfortunately, most of those companies don't exist anymore. Uh, COVID really decimated the garment center in a lot of ways. The companies that did survive, a lot of the fabric vendors have drastically changed the way that they produce, especially because we had all of those shipping issues kind of tied in with, I mean, all of the everything with COVID, but particularly those shipping issues created a situation where companies that would previously stock a ton of fabric overseas and bring in smaller amounts like here to New York, New Jersey, and then they would sell those smaller amounts to the smaller companies, were no longer doing that. They were basically limiting their lines, keeping larger quantities of fewer fabrics and allocating their New York, New Jersey warehouse space or their LA warehouse space or whatever it is, their, their domestic warehouse space that way. Um, plus there's like all the weird trade war stuff that happened with China. So companies that were bringing things in from China could no longer do it because there were um, like sanctions on certain types of cotton from certain types of areas and things like that. So it just became very difficult to work with certain companies because of the changes that they needed to make for the survival of their business. So, but eventually I was able to find it. And I was able to find it from one of my guys who's a New York based guy. And I happen to love him very much because he always has interesting stuff and he's just, he's, he's just really great to work with. Um, and I was looking through his swatches and, and seeing a couple of things. And I was tr like, as I'm looking through, I was like, there's nothing here. There's not like, I need such a specific thing. And, and I'm even thinking maybe I need to start 
with the fabric more, first more often because if I'm going to be limited in what I can get, then you know, I need to be making sure that I'm designing around what I can get. So I'm starting, you know, like I'm reformulating entire processes in my head. And then as I'm leaving, I see this one roll of something in the corner. It's like, oh, what's that? And he pulls it out. He shows it to me. It's perfect. It is exactly what I need. And it just worked out really well. And also, yes, I am starting to think more about, you know, where fabric comes from. And, and you know, I'll probably be doing a little bit more fabric consideration earlier on in the process than I'm previously used to just to make sure that I can get the things that I need. But the fabric on this dress is so cool because it has so many different colors in it, but they're all neutrals. So this dress matches everything, literally everything. The pattern is a dot pattern, but it is not your typical polka dot. The dots are scattered and they are not all the same color. So what's very cool about this is that the background of the fabric is, I'm going to call it like a deep, 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 deep charcoal gray or a very light black. It is, I would say, kind of technically black, but it's not a, it's, it's not a deep black. It's kind of like a more of a grayish black. It's more of a lighter black. Um, so, you know, light black, very, very dark gray, whatever, whatever you want to think of it that way. But it does match with all of your black shoes. It matches with mine. I love it with mine. And then most of the dots, the vast majority of the dots on this very dark background are navy, which gives this extra dimension to it that is just so fantastic. And then randomly scattered throughout are white dots um, that fall into the navy dot pattern and the dots themselves are all very small so the overall effect is that of like it's almost constellation-y it's a very cool fabric I'm really happy that I found it so it, it gives this great like put together preppy vibe to the whole dress and it's exactly what, it, what I needed and so once I found that fabric, then I started looking for my belt guy. I knew that I wanted to make what is called a self-fabric belt. And that is when self-fabric is the fabric that is the fabric of the dress. It is itself. And the, uh, you know, a fabric belt is, it's a belt. And you know how sometimes you'll see dresses and the they have belts that exactly match the fabric of the dress. That was precisely what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted it to be a typical kind of buckle shape easy to wear sort of belt and that meant that I needed a belt guy and that's literally what they are called <laughs> because New York City is fantastic I was speaking with my factory and I explained to her what I wanted to do and I had had other subcontractors that I had worked with in the past to do things like bias tape or covered buttons or like little notions like that if you think about the drawstring dress for example the actual drawstring that is around the waist that needs to be made by somebody else it's a special equipment so you send them the fabric and then they make it from it and that kind of thing but the doing the belts is its own thing it's its own specialty there's all sorts of extra equipment there's all sorts of extra steps there's all sorts of extra stuff that goes into making a belt and um it actually it really took me to back to the beginning of the the, the whole company because the way that I found the belt guy was the same way that I found my original factories which was I was in the garment center and I just started googling belt manufacturers and made phone calls and anyone who didn't pick up the phone I went to the address that was listed and spoke to who I needed to speak to and saw their operations and I mean 
the difference between my level of knowledge now and then is shocking, staggering, really. Um, so this was, you know, a two hour process as opposed to then when it was like a two week process. But it was really, really nice to find. It was really nice to find. Uh, and I'm very happy with who I ended up going with. They did beautiful work, uh, super, super high quality stuff. And the pleat dress has a really nice big buckle belt uh, that is exactly the same fabric that it comes with. So you can see the pleat dress. It is available in sizes extra small through 3X on impactfashionnyc.com. Um, I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's a fantastic piece. It is like the newest addition to the collection. And it is all that I'm releasing before the holidays. Like I said, I, I work very differently from a lot of other companies and we're just doing one new style before the holidays. And I hope that you will enjoy it and check it out. And that brings me to my next topic, which is our pre-holiday pop-ups. I am an in-person shopper. I know I sell clothes online, but confession, I am an in-person shopper, which by the way is why I think the online experience at Impact Fashion is so good and is as good as it is because I made a site that even I would shop at and I am a miserable customer. (laughs) So I have very high standards when it comes to clothes. This surprises nobody. So, you know, that's why when I was building out the site, I made sure that it had things like real measurements, that it had clear unfiltered unfiltered photos um yes major pet peeve of mine is when you can't even see the actual dress or what the color is or what anything is because everything's got a stupid grainy filter on it and where you can see all the actual details of the garment that you are buying oh (laughs) this is a dumb thing that happened to me i saw there was a dress on sale whatever i ordered it um it wasn't a it wasn't like a modest company, but it was a modest dress, or so I thought. When the dress arrived, it had this giant keyhole in the back. And I was trying to figure out why like why would I order a dress with a keyhole? I would never order a dress with a keyhole. I'm not wearing a, a shell for a dumb keyhole in the back. I, why did I order this? And then I looked back at all of the photos that there were of this dress. And online, all of the photos were were like a model frolicking in a meadow, which, like, that's my own fault. I shouldn't have trusted that picture. Uh, but her hair was super long. Her hair was, like, past her waist. And it was down in all of the photos. So it was covering the entire back of the dress. I didn't know there was a giant keyhole. Either way, things like clear photos where you can actually see all the details are very important to me on impactfashionnyc.com. I sorted the site by body type. So, if, like, recommendations are your kind of thing. Then you have that. And also to make sure that there is a fantastic return policy. Because... I truly believe that you need to try clothes on. I don't think that you can buy anything just from, you know, just like knowing your size. You need to try things on. You need to see how you feel in it. You need to see if it works for your life. You need to see what it does on you. You need to see how you react to it. Maybe you love it in theory, but it just is not practical for you or whatever it is. You need to try clothes on, which is why I have a 30-day return policy. This also is like this this idea that, you know, trying clothes on is so fantastic is really a big part of why I joined the address in American Dream Mall because I I mean, listen, I'm not in a place in my life where I want to be running a retail store. So having the collection living in American Dream is is really a dream. It it really is. Um, And additionally, twice a year, we do a little tour. And this upcoming tour that we are doing, and by we, I mean me, uh, is the most extensive one yet. And it is, we're covering, I'm covering four locations and 
They're really great. So let me take you through them. I'm going to be in Muncie, Tom's River, Flatbush, and Queens. Muncie is on September 5th. That is a week from Tuesday, if you're listening to this, the day it got released. Uh, I'll be at Beautiful Boutique. Tom's River is on September 6th. I will be at Japarel. Flatbush is on September 7th. I will be at D-Rama. And Queens is on September 12th. I will be at Asia's Kyle. And this this tour there's um there are day and night hours for every location except for queens queens is going just a little bit into the night uh, and then we'll be closing up shop the this tour is first of all my opportunity to get to chill with you which i'm really excited about and it is also your opportunity to get to see the clothes try it on a person get my real and honest and kind opinion on you know what pieces look good on you and what makes sense for you to take home and it also is really just I just want to take a second to like show how generous each host is from each location as a person I I so appreciate being welcomed into their stores and I'm so thankful that that makes it so that I'm able to shop with all of you Um, but it also was like not hard it was just a quick text like hi would you want to host a pop-up yeah sure let me know what time you're coming and having that available is is a pretty big deal. And so I hope that you'll join me on the pop-ups if you are uh, local to or close to any of those locations. I also want to say that like, if you're not, I try to pick locations where everyone has somewhere that's reasonable to them. So like, if you're in the five towns, come to Queens. If you're in like Crown Heights, you could do Flatbush or Queens actually might be closer for you for Crown Heights, whatever, look at a map. But like, if you're in Bar Park, come to Flatbush. If you're in Lakewood, Jackson, Howell, all those places, you'll be in Tom's River, you know, Muncie, Pomona, New City, all those other places. I'll, you know, I'll be in Muncie. There are places. Um, you know, I tried to pick places where we can cover a lot of different areas, um, at least in the New York, New Jersey general, uh, type of area. And I hope to see you there again it is from september 5th through september 7th and then again on the 12th i'm going to put the flyer in the show notes so that you can see it there and as always thank you so much for listening if you would like to learn more about the pleat dress or the pop-up tour the links are in the show notes on last week's episode i spoke with dr marcy forda about oxy and her evidence-based approach to fighting disorder eating disorders listen to it wherever you're hearing this one the Impactful Podcast is a project of impact fashion, clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 28 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. There are currently 19 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party. View their names, photos, locations, and details of their cases by visiting getora.org slash recalcitrant parties. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses, original music composed by Nissan Femin. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Riff Yitzquitz. Catch me on all the socials, including a TikTok that I just started posting to at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.